This is Ikhlas. And this is Mecca. You're listening to Identity Politics, a podcast on race, gender, and Muslims in America. Mecca, tell the people where they can find us. You can find us wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Acast. You can also find us online at identitypoliticspod.com, on Twitter at identitypolpod, and on facebook.com slash identitypolitics. And remember, if you like what you hear, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Hey, Aklaus. Hey, Mecca. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm, like, almost embarrassed yeah. to, like, be talking to you right now. <laughs> yeah, like, w- the audacity for me to just say, hey, like, it literally hasn't been months. Like, oh, hey, girl. Hey, that's good? like <laughs> me. You know those memes that are, like, me responding to your text message after three days? Like, no time has passed. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's why. I feel. You know when, like, your friends will do that to you? When, then like... They'll just act like nothing has happened. <laughs> and, oh yeah, that, that's literally me. And you're like, oh, wait a minute, let's how we cannot pretend. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So where uh, where have you been? I think our our last episode was released in like December. I think so. Um, and usually we take a break between like December and March. Um, for some reason, we didn't actually announce that this time. <laughs> did we announce it last so time? What, we did. We okay. did. Usually we're like, take a season break, like see okay. you back in the spring, you know. Um, so I think for the sake of our listeners, uh, we should probably come clean and talk about like, where have we been? Like, what have we been up to these days? I know. Do you want to go first? Do you want to provide an update? What? <laughs> I see how you turn yeah, you know, around like, yeah, really we quickly. Should ta- we should say where we've been. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Okay. So over the last few months, I've honestly, it, this sounds like a lie, but I've just been really busy. Okay. You know, That's what like, they all I say. hate being that person. They all say that. But, but I have. Like, we have full-time jobs. Yes. And that's great. And then after you've been at a job long enough, you start to get more responsibility. This is true. So that job becomes something that takes a lot of your time and energy. Um, Also, over like the holidays, I was traveling. I went to Pakistan for the first time. And Ireland and Abu Dhabi. So many places. It was a a random assortment of cultures. (laughs) (laughs) So I was doing a lot of that. I've been really trying to reacquaint myself with Chicago, getting back out in the scene, I've been trying to go back to Atlanta and and hang out with family and then do all those kinds of things, I'm trying to like make friends, like just like all of the things that come with like life. And then I've also been in the midst of like a never ending polar yeah. vortex winter. So I've just been like attending to my mental health and like trying to figure out like how to make it through six months of darkness. So, so sad. daylight, <laughs> I know daylight savings came like right on time. So that's really what I have been up to over the last few months. But really just my schedule has become unmanageable. <laughs> and so I've been trying to get better at just taking things one step at a time, one day at a time and paying attention to my commitment so that things don't fall in between the cracks. So feeling optimistic, um, but I had to like admit it in order to fix it. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious 
what you've been up to the last few months as that well. That definitely sounds like a therapy line. You have to admit it to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't know you have a problem. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm also so sure that like some of our listeners who just like heard you list it, list all those things are like, you just need to be more efficient. You know how you have those people <laughs> who are like so efficient, who like have everything scheduled and like don't mind being like on the go all the time. Like that's just how you live your life. Yeah. That used to be me too. And then I got joined two nonprofit boards. <laughs> I'm doing like a fellowship <laughs> in Chicago that meets every month and has like a project in the city of Chicago that we're doing. Like you think it's just a matter of staying organized until you're like, oh my God, every day this week I have a commitment. I'm tired <laughs> so and I haven't even started the week. That's so <laughs> true. Um, well, so since December in my life, I have like the best excuse for everything. <laughs> so like I'm pregnant and <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love how you're acting like you don't know for our listeners. That's cute. <laughs> I know, but I didn't know that you were going to say it. <laughs> well, it's getting to the point now where like I'll put on clothes and then Joshua's like, yeah, it's like really no hiding that. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, you can continue to pretend like if you want to. <laughs> um, but yes. So, you know, that really I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I mean, you're doing a lot literally inside of your yeah. body. <laughs> Making another person. Making another person. No, but seriously, I just uh, I've been a little tired and like just taking it easy a little bit. I'm trying to work out. And with work, yeah, of course, we have full-time gigs and, like, more responsibility. And so that has been a task of, like, trying to expand, like, my team before I, like, leave for maternity leave. So just, like, a lot of, like, entering a next phase of life and, like, trying to prepare for that. And I don't know. I felt like for a long time I just was, like, not really realizing that I was having a baby. <laughs> and then <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Say yeah, more about it's that. It's so funny. Like I'm in this like Wellesley Facebook group for like pregnant people. And it was funny because I like posted the other day where I just was like, I just realized that like I'm having a child. <laughs> and like I teared up a little bit because it's something like, you know, like I'm halfway through now, but in the beginning, it's really hard to like, just think about every day because it's like your stomach isn't really big and like, you're still like mm -hmm. doing things kind of normally. Um, but then you start to enter like stages of like discomfort. So then like your back starts to hurt a little bit. And like, you can hear now that like I'm congested, which is also like a pregnancy symptom. <laughs> um, and then, like, I was flossing my teeth yesterday, and, like, my gums were bleeding, like, pretty bad, which is also a pregnancy oh symptom. <laughs> yeah, because there's just, like, so much, like, blood. Like, your body is just, like, pumping oh. a, a lot more blood <laughs> for, like, another human being. And so it's just, like, all of these things that happened. Like, I got, like, weird, like, rash on my hands, and I'm like, what is that? And it's like, yeah, that's also a pregnancy symptom. <laughs> So, wow. like, all of these keep happening that, like, are reminders that, like, you're carrying, like, a life. Um, so, yeah, that's, like, it's been, like, a very, like, more real transition and, like, realizing totally. that you have to, like, 
get things for like this baby. Like they're going to need like clothes. Just a couple. Yeah. I mean, come on. Where are they going? <laughs> they dirty them up so fast. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So that's like been taking a lot of just like planning this next stage. Do you know what's been hilarious? Like, I don't think people realize the extent to which you didn't think about that you're pregnant. <laughs> like, we were getting invitations for speaking gigs, and and you were like, "Yeah, yeah, cool, that sounds yeah. good." And I was like, "So I think you might have something else to do yeah. around then, some some other obligation." Like, I don't want to be presumptuous because I'm not in your situation, but it might be a little busy. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I know. I think too, like I, we should do an episode just like about this because one of the reasons too, where it just like took me a while to come to terms with like being pregnant is because during the first like few weeks and stuff, I just was like really nervous where mm-hmm. I like was really acknowledging like how much of like a privilege this is to have the ability to do this. Absolutely. And knowing that it's not like guaranteed you know what I mean like um so I was like having like very like emotional like is this gonna happen is this not gonna happen and Mm -hmm. just thinking especially about like how all of the articles have been coming out now especially about like black women and giving birth so I had like a, a lot going on but that's 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 my update. I won't take too much time to talk about that. And like maybe that's something I'm we sure can discuss that's later. All anyone is going to want <laughs> to hear about. Uh, but okay, so that's my update. And we'll talk about it more, I'm sure, as the season continues. But another exciting thing is we just passed our three year anniversary mark. I wow. Know, right? Three yeah. years. Three years. We've been doing this. It's been a long time. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't new to this. We sure <laughs> Like, I can't remember the last job I was at for three Stop years. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. That's so funny. Every time I think about, like, how long I've been in my job, is like, going in the fourth year. And I'm just like, how am I still here? <laughs> <laughs> Adult signs of adulthood. Yeah. We're just like, I like stability. <laughs> Um, well, since this is our three-year anniversary mark, like you do on every anniversary, you reflect and think about, you know, how have you grown? How have you not grown? Um, so what's been some highlights and challenges like for you on this journey? Yeah. So this is a topic I feel like we touch upon a lot. Um, but one of the things that I've been thinking about, which I don't even know if it's a highlight or a challenge, but we're in like a very unstable media landscape Mm -hmm. right now like it's been pretty jarring to see so many um companies uh disinvest in like podcasting um to see like podcasts that have like huge listenerships like shut down and things of that nature obviously we know our our brother podcast see something say something um it's on hiatus right now because buzzfeed closed up their um podcasting shop and so that's been like really jarring to watch and it's it's made me very like introspective about like where do I fit in this media landscape um also rookie magazine which yeah, was a favorite of mine um, 
I loved Ricky. And uh, that also shut down. But when it shut down, Tavi Gevinson, she released this amazing letter that actually summarized, like, this is what's happening in media right now. This is like, you know, sort of these companies that are buying these things, making it very difficult for independent folks to, like, make any money. Um, The old models don't work. And so I've been just thinking a lot about that um, and how we are in an interesting position in that, you know, we're independent podcasters. We started this independently. The schedule, the money, all of that is just coming from us. And so that definitely is a privilege, but I think it also is a responsibility and figuring out how to balance those two things um, and how to make sure that we aren't sacrificing like the quality of our content or letting down our listeners while also like keeping the train like moving forward um, and doing that in a way that's like sustainable and, and continues to build like a great show. So like I said, I don't want to say that's a highlight or a challenge. It's just sort of like something that's really been on my mind. Mm-hmm. That's just like, what are we doing? And like, how do we keep doing it? And how do we learn from the lessons of like everything that's happening around us um, and keep moving forward? And what does moving forward like look like yeah. exactly? So that's that's definitely something that I've been thinking about. And then the one other thing that I'll mention is something that you and I have talked about, not necessarily on recording, but I would say a big both success and challenge has just been the popularity of the show uh, that people You're so continue popular. to listen. I know we're like so popular, um, but no, people continue to listen. I was out eating with a friend last summer and was like recognized. It happened at Eid prayer. Like it, there was like a time last summer where like I would go out in DC and like people would approach me and be like, "Are you from Identity Politics?" <laughs> or um, call and- you Identity Politics? That's happened. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh my God, identity politics. Yeah. I was at an iftar. Someone literally came and and pulled up their podcast app and just like held up their phone and were like, is this you? (laughs) And I was like, yes, it is. Even at my current job, when I uh, joined the team, there was someone in my orientation cohort who was like, you sound really familiar. Like she knew my voice because like she had listened to the show. So I think that has been like a very weird, like out of body experience of like, I think we share like 5% of our actual life on the show, but we try to do it in a way that's very authentic. And so I think it can create like a really strong illusion of intimacy. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, I'm my own person like outside of this show. And like people don't actually know much about me. And so like wrestling with that discomfort of like, I have this community of listeners that I'm now connected to that I love and want to get to know, while also like protecting privacy and like, understanding that you can't be everything to everyone. And that's something that I feel like I haven't figured out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, definitely all of those things. I, like, don't even know where to start after you, like, listed out everything. (laughs) Because I definitely (laughs) feel you on all of those fronts. And especially about the media landscape, since, you know, my full-time work is grounded in media and communications. And, you know, we focus on K-12 through education reform. But, like, I'm not a policy expert. (laughs) Like, my job in this is to, like, facilitate, like, communication and, like, transmit messages via like digital mm-hmm. platforms. And so for me, it's just been a, it's been a learning moment because you have to think about, okay, how is the medium that we're using today going to change, right? 
And so, I mean, this is just like the history of media where like things become outdated. It's like, okay, no one has a CD player anymore. Like no one has a DVD Mm -hmm. player. But like at the time, these are like such novel things. Um, Yeah. So it's like you always are living in the moment, but always also have to look towards the future. And we got to get a book deal. (laughs) That's like always the next step, right? <laughs> book deal, then you host some reality show. Like. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I was like looking through old emails, like between me and my mom, which was like so funny to me because I was like, I don't even know how she was emailing. <laughs> like as I was reading the emails, I was like, wow, this is really impressive that she was like able to <laughs> like maintain. <It's> so <laughs> it is. Um. But it was funny because in one of her emails, she was like, you know, you've been traveling so much and I really feel like, you know, that it's for a reason. You should sit down and like write down some notes for like your memoir. <laughs> and I just was like, I don't think Aww. my life is that interesting, but okay. Um, <laughs> totally should. I would read your memoir and I'm but, um, But yeah, just like the with the media, right? It's like we could have this podcast today. But then like three, five years from now, like we cannot have a podcast because podcasting will just be like obsolete. Um, So that's like something that I've really been thinking about a lot of, you know, we do the podcast because not because it makes us popular, (laughs) not because we like to just hear ourselves talk, but because we have things that we're really thinking about and reflecting on. And we know that other people are. And we want to create a space Mm -hmm. where this conversation can be had. So it's like not necessarily that I'm so attached to podcasting and like I live and die for it, but it's like the message in the community that we create that I do, you know, love and would love to continue to, uh, to create. And so just thinking about like what other media platforms are able to do this, that's like not podcasting, Mm -hmm. um, so lately I've been like trying to teach my, like think about teaching myself like video. It's like everyone loves video. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but you can't. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't, I like so disagree with this like whole like pivot to video thing because also like the way I listen to podcasts is not the way you can watch yeah. videos. Like I can't watch a video while I'm driving or like, <laughs> you know, like, or even while I'm like working out That's or true. things like that. Like podcasting just lends itself to, you living your life while also like consuming like content whereas video you have to like focus on it and there's so much shorter like it's like a 15 second video mm-hmm. is not the same as like a 30 mm-hmm. minute podcast you it's know what not I mean? it's not but i like my fear is that <laughs> i feel like now i feel like i'm 70 years old because like what i'm getting ready to say where i'm like the attention span is just so short <laughs> no it's true <laughs> where it's like we do live in an age where like that's okay for most most people but yeah, so that's, that's, I guess that's like a challenge, definitely a big challenge that I've been thinking about. Um, and then also another challenge of just being an independent podcaster is just, you know, your personal life. And mm-hmm. as we grow older, like the responsibilities increase. And so just coming to the reality of that, of like having a marriage and then like having children and like what does your life look like when that happens yeah and knowing that like for some things there is like an ending point or there's a pause point where you realize like I actually can't hold all of these responsibilities and you have Mm -hmm. to prioritize 
you know, which ones are you going to be able to continue and which ones do you have to press pause on? Yeah. And I think we recently came to that realization that like we can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And so shout out to everyone who applied for our identity politics internship. More to come on that soon. Um, But we, yeah, we sort of reached a point where we had to reckon with the fact that like we we can't hold all these balls in the air at the same time. Like we're literally dropping them um, and we need help. And we were kind of pleasantly surprised to see so many people who were interested in coming on and joining the team and and who had so much to offer. So thank you to everyone who reached out and applied because I think expanding our team is definitely one way that we're going to try and continue to to put things out. One thing that I know we've talked about before, and I'm I'm curious if you want to talk touch on it at all today, is like our relationships with social media and just like you know, it's sort of this double-edged sword. It's a necessary evil if you have some sort of like public platform that you're trying to develop, like people just want to get to know you. And even early on, you know, we were only interviewing guests and then got a lot of positive reinforcement that people just wanted to hear more about us. And I was like, (laughs) what? No, we're just like doing the interviewing. So how have you like balanced your relationship with like social media and like what you choose to share and like how much and all of that. Oh my God. There's been like no balance for like (laughs) the past like six months. (laughs) Like I was like going hard. I like don't remember. No, if you remember when I was going hard. Oh, I remember. (laughs) I was like posting like outfits of the day. I was like doing recipe of the day. (laughs) Like skin mask. Like I was doing so much. I was like, this is my like... DIY like home deep conditioner and you know I to be honest I was enjoying it I really was and my favorite part was like the cooking like I really enjoyed like showing my whole cooking process then I just like I kind of got like tired like tired from like having to produce content but then also Mm -hmm. tired of performing and not even that I was like doing things for the gram right because like these are things that I just like would have done naturally in my life but then it's like okay now I'm taking things that I do naturally in my life and because now I'm like oh I should put this on Instagram now everything has to be dressed up so I was like when I was like cooking, I was like plating. I was like wiping like down oh surfaces. <laughs> like, like let me pull out the nice bowls like for the picture. Like let me let oh, me change so the filter. Funny. Like while I'm in the bathroom. Like you know. So it's just like I I got tired of doing that. Um, and then like to what end was I doing it where my goal really was like, okay, I should increase my followers because then this will like increase attention to the podcast. And then like, maybe the podcast will get more opportunities, blah, blah, blah. Like all things that are true, like, right. Like these are proven methods. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking like, I don't really want to do it. (laughs) And it's like, you're mining your life for content. And so it's like, what happens when you become the brand and like, you can't dissociate from like what you're selling and like who you are. Wow, that's so freaky. <laughs> it's real. Yeah, it, and that's a challenge that I've had as well. You know, as some of you know, like I have two Instagram accounts because 
when people actually started listening to the podcast, people started requesting me on my private Instagram. And my Instagram has always been private. And part of it, it's like, it's pictures of like my nephews and nieces and like, it's like intimate moments, like with my friends and like inside jokes and like things like that, where I don't necessarily want to have to change that. Like I do use Instagram to keep up with like family and friends. And it's a really like fun way to do that. But I also recognize that like, I need to figure out a way to like connect with other people. And so I made like my public facing Instagram, which for the record, I still haven't even figured out like how I want to use it. Like, I don't think I've updated it since like our last episode. (laughs) But I was like, okay, no, I do need a space that people can come and follow me and that I can use like if people want to talk to me. But even like my Twitter, you know, I've been very active on Twitter, but every like couple of years I go through and like I delete all my tweets. I just like went and deleted all my tweets again. I deleted my Facebook because I, I I think there's something that is not natural about being fully exposed at every phase mm-hmm. of your life. And it's like we cancel people like all yes. the time, like because they said something problematic in like 2007. And it's like, yes, people should definitely be held accountable for their actions. But it's like I can go back in my receipts and I can find a lot of things that I said that I didn't know that I you know thought were really funny that just aren't mm-hmm. anymore. And so you're just like not allowed to grow in public. Um, and so we have all of these tools that enable us to like see how we actually were, not how we remember ourselves. But I don't think we have a culture that actually uh, allows you to, to to grow in that way. Unless, of course, you're a white yeah. man. Um, then you can always like for <laughs> your mistakes. <laughs> always. There's, there's never a time where you're not. You know, also along this conversation, I think too, when I started to be like less active on um, social media is I started reading this book that was recommended to me called The Shallows. And it's how the internet is changing the way we think, read, and remember. It's by Nicholas Carr. Mm -hmm. And it's a really awesome book. It's, uh, I think it came out around like 2009 type time. Um, But it's really, really good because it just shows you how you think that you're using social media or like just the internet in general, but in reality, it's like the internet using you. (laughs) And so Mm. like you think it's a tool to like accomplish X, Y, Z, but you're not thinking about how it's actually changing the way you think. And it's like a really, really good book. I highly recommend it because it just, he has like examples from like some of his friends who are like doctors, lawyers, whatever. And they're like, there used to be a time where like I could read really long books, but now like all I can read is like a blog post or like half of a blog post. And like mm-hmm. you start to prefer that because you're like, okay, now I can access a bunch of information in like a short amount of time. And then also yeah. how it's like condensing your memory, like your long-term memory that we're not able to remember in the ways that we used to like before internet shout out to all the people who like you know <laughs> all the older people who like remember a time but seriously it's like you know the generation below us there's never been a time where they haven't like existed in this space and time and yeah he's just like you know you're, as you're scrolling through like you can barely remember like five posts you know what I mean like you're scrolling and scrolling you don't even remember like the different like social media posts that you've seen but that's just something I've been thinking about a lot of like how are we using 
these like social media tools and like what impact are they having on us? Oh, totally. It's, it's, it's very, it's, it's so weird to think about. I think also just like developing a public persona, like that feels really weird. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be honest, like very icky, like it just like, I don't want to become a product, but I also want to be able to have conversations in public that I feel like aren't being had, especially if they can help people and and things of that nature. But it's like, how do you do that without centering yourself? And how do you like protect yourself Mm -hmm. and, you know, not get too nefsy? nefsy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, like seriously. And that, and that's something that I really think about because I've found that I, get really overwhelmed. I get really overwhelmed and stressed out when I feel like, and maybe this is just because of a history of like surveillance of black Muslims like in this yeah. country anyway, but just like knowing that people know me who I don't know, like that yeah. freaks me out. <laughs> and like, I don't really know what to do with mm-hmm. that. Um, and it can get really overwhelming. And then recognizing that you have to perform for the mm-hmm. public in order to do the work that you mm-hmm. love, like, and not lose yourself in that process. Like it's no wonder that so many people in Hollywood, so many like child stars, like have so many For issues sure. because it's just like we've faced a thousandth of a percent of like the level of recognition that any of mm-hmm. those folks like have. And yeah, it's been really tough and like it has been really overwhelming for me. And and I have like retreated at various points because it's like, no, I, I don't actually want to be someone with like a million Instagram yeah. followers. Like I don't actually like I'm going to do the bare minimum <laughs> to get the message out. Like you can find me on NPR and that's about it. Like <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> no, that's like so real. And, you know, recently it was the um, it was the anniversary of the assassination of Malcolm X. I think, am I right in that? Was Mm. it the, yeah, okay. And, you know, I've been like reading a lot of just like going back to like his life and, you know, the narrative. And it's been interesting because I've been having conversations with like a few people about his life and just thinking about how, you know, obviously he had a message that he wanted to get out and he was an incredible like orator But then also the limitations that come with that of, you know, you can have a a message that you want to get out that like people need to hear, but then even still in that you can start to center yourself, right? Because you start to realize like, wow, I'm a really good orator. Like, look at all these people that Mm. like want to come out and like hear me speak. You know what I mean? Like, look at how, you know, newscasters want to interview me. You know what I mean? And so- when you do put yourself in this position, you like also open yourself up to like attacks from people, right? Like yeah. that you can see and that you can't see. And I think that's the other part of social media that <laughs> I've been thinking about is like you're posting all of these things. And actually, Joshua brought this to my attention that I never really considered that like there are some people on the other end of that that are like just straight up haters. Um, and don't mm-hmm. want to see you be successful. And I just was like, no, Joshua, why would people be like that? And then he's like, hello, have you yeah. been to the real world? <laughs> yeah, like screenshotting, yeah. like sitting in a group text, yeah, can you believe this exactly. girl? And her yeah. homemade, like, deep conditioner. Why she always doing the most? <laughs> and so, like, just also, like, the other end of that, like, as you are continuing to build your brand, like, how you open yourself up to negative energy. And, like, as someone who really mm-hmm. believes in that like I really believe that just like thoughts 
right? Um, do you do receive that? You know, as negative forms of energy in your life, um, and that's really powerful. If like people are thinking things about you, that can manifest into action, and so, totally. yeah. You know, as we like think about this more and and you know wrap up our conversation, I want to make a hard yes. pivot to the yes. Quran. <laughs> I, I I like that pivot. That's good. <laughs> and so. Um, I've been taking this class, um, and we usually like go through different books and talk about themes in the books. We just happen to be going through the Quran mm-hmm. right now. Um, because when we were asking for suggestions for a new book, someone was like, the Quran. And then everyone was like, okay. Well, we really <laughs> yeah. Like, what that. can you say after that? <laughs> like, there's nothing no. you can say. You're just like, oh, mashallah. Like yes. <laughs> I was going to say that too. Wow. Um, but no, it's actually been really great. And, Yesterday's class, we talked about uh, the chapter Al-Kahf, and it's about the mm-hmm. cave. And this is something that, you know, Muslims are encouraged to read every Friday for protection. And it has, a, I think, three different stories in it. But the one that I think it gets its name from is about, basically, there's a story about this group of young people that were being, being asked to... Uh, admit belief to something that they didn't believe and they were trying to hold strong to their faith and they sought guidance from god and god was like go to this like cave so they went away to a cave and fell asleep and when they woke up and came out all of the people in the town were believers that's right right Uh, so all of the people in the town were not believers but (laughs) yeah they they yeah but they did awake from the cave after about like 300 or so years okay yeah so the point being that i don't know sarah elkaf um even though (laughs) i have been reading it as a part of this class but the more important point was we were talking just about the concept of a cave and the concept of retreat and just like that there are some certain situations that are really overwhelming and dangerous for you dangerous for you and dangerous sometimes for your faith um that actually like being in those situations make you like question things um that being in those situations like make you doubt yourself that make you doubt like what you believe in and like who you are and that like one of the many lessons that you can take away from this story is that like sometimes the best way to fight um, and and the best way to stand up for yourself is actually to remove yourself from those situations Um, that you know if you had gone and like fought the emperor and said no we're not going to do this you would have just been killed Um, but that God is saying it's also fine to just remove yourself from that situation so that you can take care of yourself and protect yourself yourself um and then you know awaken and and return when things have cooled down like a little bit so i guess i was thinking about this story a lot just in the context of our conversation and just like social media and like all of these different things that you know maybe aren't as dangerous as us like being potentially killed for our beliefs but really thinking about when things do get a little hot a little overwhelming as we're like recognizing the dangers of like sort of fame and like the nefs and all of these things like where do you, where do you go to center yourself like what is your personal cave where you can go to retreat and sort of collect yourself until things sort of settle down a little bit and, and you get the strength to kind of go back in yeah I would say my cave like recently has been and I mentioned this like last season just about how I've been taking the spiritual journey and I've taken up like a spiritual path and on the spiritual path I 
have to do a certain number of adhkar, so um, remembrances of Allah, some salawat of the Prophet like every day at certain times of the day. And initially it was like a big adjustment because there are things like that I had to do after like supi, like fajr prayer, and then like after asr, and then like after maghrib. And I just was like, oh wow, this is like a lot of adhkar that like more than I'm used to. And mm-hmm. now I've really come to find like solace in it where I've started to understand more about how people can like take the ups and downs of life and really just like hand it over to Allah where it's you realize how limited you are and like your ability and that once you hand like your affairs over to God and like let God be the controller of your affairs that you can really find Mm -hmm. peace in that and so uh, when you're talking about the youth in the cave where they meet because they were the early followers of the Messiah of Christ. And like during that time, the emperor at that time was trying to mandate um, a Christianity the way that the Messiah did not preach. And so when they're having this journey, their, their immediate reaction is to ask God to guide them in the right course in their affairs. And so that's more what I've been trying to do these days of realizing that, like, I need help. <laughs> like, I can't, like, manage myself. <laughs> like, and I mean that manage myself and that, like, we will often make decisions that we think are good for us, right? And Allah says this in the Quran, you may like a thing that is bad for you, right? Mm. And that you may yeah. like uh, a, a thing yeah, Hate good for you. And so just knowing that like as human beings, that sometimes it's really difficult for us to discern that, that the best decision is always to like hand this over to Allah. And like, you know, like when you do do that, like Allah will provide you answers, right? Like very tangible answers in terms of like people coming to you to tell you things or like maybe you lose a job, maybe you get a new job, right? But like these are Allah's answers to you realizing that like, Okay, hey, a lot. I like, I need some help. <laughs> um, and I think when you do yeah. turn that over, like, m- m- like you're always going to get an answer, whether it comes today or whether it comes five years from now. Like, you are, if you approach it with sincerity, going to get an answer. So, yeah, like, doing these Athkari throughout the day, I like take time to reflect and like seek forgiveness and like ask for Allah's guidance and all of this um, in my daily life. So, that's that's been my refuge. What about you? Yeah, that's really beautiful. I I think similarly, like I actually, I think a lot about life in terms of like production and consumption. Mm. Um, And maybe that's just like capitalism or something. But I I always am trying to strike a balance between like, what am I producing and what am I consuming? And how do I make sure that I am on a learning journey and that I'm not positioning myself as someone that is some kind of like holder of knowledge and like teacher who like creates things because like nothing comes from me, right? Like it all comes um, from a lot. It all comes from, you know, other influences that I have in my life. And so similarly to you, I often retreat, um, but specifically in pursuit of knowledge. And so I think reading a lot 
is usually a sign that like I'm just taking a step mm-hmm. back uh, because like I have to remind myself that like not only do I not know everything, I don't know yeah. anything. Like there's so there's so much knowledge just like on Definitely. this earth, let alone like infinite mm-hmm. knowledge um, that I just don't know. And there are so many people that have been blessed with like so much knowledge. And so I really sort of retreat into kind of a, a study. Um, and sometimes that's with teachers. Sometimes that's just like books that I've been meaning to like get around to that can really help me understand my the world that I'm in, the history of it, the place that I'm in. You know, these aren't necessarily spiritual books, um, but they're definitely just interesting analysis of what the world is mm-hmm. that I'm living in. Cause otherwise you can just really get attached to and committed to the world as it is without even questioning how it got so to be true. that way. And like what the pros and cons are of the way that it currently is. And so it creates this like healthy emotional detachment in some ways between mm-hmm. me and like the world and like recognizing that like this thing has constantly been changing and it will continue to change. And like, I can have some part in that probably, but like I am, in no way responsible entirely for that. So I think like my metaphorical cave is honestly just like the pursuit of knowledge and like checking myself and being humble enough to know that like I don't know everything and like sometimes I should actually just go study up on on things and not be like going out there like saying all of these things and like hoping that people listen to me because there's really no point in doing that. (laughs) That's so true. I love that so much like just the pursuit of knowledge and like I like the medium that you're using too, <laughs> of like reading books, <laughs> not just like surfing the internet, which like has become yeah. a way. <laughs> reading like some half yeah. a blog post. <laughs> like a link here, a link there, what? but like actually reading a full text. <laughs> because I'm terrified of becoming like one of those internet yeah. trolls that like Googles like Islam yeah. and is like, Mohammed was a pedophile and just like okay yeah. like you literally just read one line in Wikipedia like you can't speak you can't. to this like you don't know what you you're can't. talking about but it's like I, I've checked myself because there have been moments where I'm like I heard a podcast episode on that once and like now I am like very much ready mm-hmm. to engage in like a detailed mm-hmm. discussion about this and it's like no like you don't know, know what you're talking you about really don't. you really don't and just like causing more confusion for people <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, man. You know, I like didn't know that this is where the conversation was going to (laughs) go. Yeah, (laughs) but I'm like really enjoying it. (laughs) Um, We talked a lot about just in this conversation about like highlights, challenges, like things that we're struggling with. I don't know if we like really have resolved them. (laughs) And so as we like try to move towards like having a better balance going forward like what are your thoughts on that considering this conversation of just like how do you strike balance in your life and like as a podcaster um I mean I think what you said earlier about asking for help is like clutch um and I think that's not something necessarily as women or black women that like Mm -hmm. we're often like naturally Mm -hmm. going to do because we're asked to do a lot um but I think that has been the key for me, just like recognizing the signs of like when I'm shutting down and when I'm in an environment um, or a situation that is asking more of me than I am like mm-hmm. getting yeah, <laughs> out of it. Sure. Um, and like to what extent am I like utilizing something for my own growth versus like being mm-hmm. used? And so that asking, continuing to ask myself those questions was definitely like a way to balance and just like actually dividing up my time in a way that facilitates yeah. balance. So it's like, 
in my day, like how much of it am I working? How much of it am I like relaxing Uh with family and friends? Like how much of it am I like being active? How much of of it am I like in prayer or meditation or a state of reflection? And so like actually looking back at the calendar and being like, this is how I spent my time and like, this is how I want to adjust it tomorrow. And like just taking it day by day to try. Like I I heard once that like, there's no such thing as like a balanced life. It's only a balancing Hmm. life. So just like constantly like swinging the pendulum and paying attention to where things are and and moving the needle as to where they need to be. So, so yeah. What about you? How are you going to be striking a balance going forward? Yeah. I definitely hear you about just, you know, not asking for help. And it's been interesting because I think one of the best places to learn this is like, honestly, marriage. (laughs) And so like, I've been trying to like apply the lessons that I learned from marriage of just like, not like, you know, passive aggressively like doing things and then like becoming like really frustrated that like you're doing things, but like you're also the one to blame because like you haven't asked for any help. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't communicated a single thing. (laughs) Not a single thing. You're just like working in the silo um, when there are like people that can help you. And so I've been like applying this to just like my job, like my full-time job, just trying to like outsource things. Um, and really like getting more help on projects. And then with like podcasting, right? Like having our internship of just like admitting that like you can't continue to do this and really trying to live a more sustainable life um, that doesn't lend itself to burnout and knowing that it is possible um, and that it's possible with like prioritizing, like how we mentioned earlier, where it's like, yeah, like, you know, you're not like superwoman and you really can't do everything. And like, in addition to can't do everything, like, should you really do everything Mm -hmm. that like you're doing right now? Yeah, Um, girl, why? That's what I always ask myself. Girl, why? 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 Like, why are you doing this? So like evaluating, like, how much time do you actually need to spend on something? Like, is this something that you should be doing? Or is this something that you can like outsource to someone else? Um, And so that's like been doing that, like, check and balance of like my own life of like looking at everything. Like I like wanted to start a new business the other day and Joshua was like, oh what my are God. you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you already was- have like three businesses. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, what are you talking about? Like, he was like, do you really have time to do that right now? And I was like, no, but like, I wish I did. <laughs> and so like, and I think also it's beneficial to just like write things down and like come back to it at another point in time, because it's like, sometimes you do have really good ideas or like things you want to do, but like, maybe it's just like not the right time for it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I think that's like striking a balance. Absolutely. Well, inshallah, here's to living a more balanced life going forward, a more balanced podcast season. Uh, we <laughs> yeah. won't take as long as a break between episodes this time. You'll yes. keep an eye out. And thank you so much to all of our listeners for following along on this journey. Like we said, you know, we are our own bosses. So sometimes that is yes. great. And sometimes that means actually checking and making sure like, do we have the capacity to do this now? Okay, let's, let's, let's bring on some help. So yes. uh, I'm excited to see what, what comes next. Same. All right. Until next time, y'all. Bye. Bye. Identity Politics is a podcast created by me, Ikhlas Salim. This episode was produced by Ikhlas Salim and Mika Ali. And music is by Ibrahim Azam. Thanks for listening. Till next time.